Welcome back to the Rapid Rundown Podcast, where we focus on quick research-based tips and tricks to help you become better leaders and sales professionals in under 20 minutes. I'm your host today, Brian Fernandez, one of the senior learning consultants on the team, and I'm joined here by uh, Jackie Dickinson, who is one of the sales um, learning solutions experts um, who's on our team. She actually leads the team herself. Welcome, Jackie. Thank you. Awesome, awesome. So yeah, we are going to be talking today about the illusion of transparency, right? The idea of why is it that when I say something, it you know goes in one ear, comes out the other, or gets totally misunderstood as I go through, right? That old, that old fun game we play around the table of telephone, right, if you will, here. So wanted to get your thoughts, Jackie, with regards to what does that mean to you? How do you kind of understand what uh, what the topic is? Um, well, it's funny because I feel like the illusion of transparency happens at my home all the time. Um, <laughs> definitely with my husband, but I just recently had an incident with my daughter who is 14. Uh, she just started high school this year and on Friday, actually, I asked her to clean her room. And in my mind, that meant pick up all your dirty clothes off the floor, pick up all the stuff on the furniture that's not supposed to be there, dust and vacuum. And I said, you know, can you please get that done before I get back home? And when I got home, I went into her room and checked it out. And admittedly, it was better than it had been, but it wasn't my idea of a clean room. And I, my head wanted to pop off. But in that moment, I thought, well, wait a minute. <laughs> Did I tell her exactly what I wanted her to do? I said, clean your room. I didn't say these are my, I want you to do this, 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 and this, and get it done before I get home. So in her mind, she had cleaned her room. Mm -hmm. And she was a little disappointed with me being disappointed with her. Right. <laughs> so a little bit of frustration it, going on. Yeah. Life. Yeah. And I, and I had to take a step back and realize that part of this was my own fault. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. No, believe me, I get that. I mean, I, I can think of almost uh I don't want to say on a weekly basis. That makes me sound like a bad fiance. But uh, occasionally, my uh, my fiance will be like, "Hey, do you mind taking out the trash?" And you know, in my mind, I'm like, "Yeah, absolutely. I'll take it out tonight. It doesn't get picked up till tomorrow, so I can take it out tonight. That's fine." And I think tonight, she thinks right now. So there's always that little misunderstanding, misinterpretation. But it's okay. You know, I take it out, and then it is what it is. But um, so so that's a, you know real world situations there. Let's talk about if we are in you know back in a business setting here, and you know Jackie being the leader of the learning solutions experts team. Obviously, you're a people manager, right? Yeah. So how do you think this situation occurs for you know your average people manager, right? Someone who has direct reports under them. Where does the situation occur? Do you think in in the day to day there? Well, I think the first thing that I have to realize and that I found um, shocking is that misunderstanding is the default when we communicate with people. It's, it's not the exception to the rule. And so now that I understand that, I oftentimes have to go back and retrack and say something differently to make sure it was clear um, to my team. Uh, they're exceptional and they're a great group of people but if I don't do that if I'm not communicating clearly with them two things are going to happen it's going to be a huge waste of time for for all of us but the mm -hmm. the second thing is that I can lose credibility with my team because they're not understanding me and whose fault is that it's not always their their fault it's not necessarily because of what they did 
again, my daughter being a prime example, she had pictured in her mind what she thought clean was, and I had pictured in my mind what I thought clean was going to be, and they didn't align. Mm -hmm. So making sure that when I speak to my team, I am taking out any of the ambiguity. I don't want people to, you know, think about it in a different way than what I've intended. Mm -hmm. That's my biggest thing that I remember when I'm speaking to my team. Right, just kind of managing those expectations of, you know, what does that look like? So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, that's those those are common issues that any leader would face, right? Is again, how do we maximize the time that we have right now, make sure it's a good use of the time, making sure the messaging is clear and all those aspects there. So, yeah, I mean, that, that totally makes sense. Now, the flip side, right, because, you know, in addition to being the leader of a team, you are also, uh, you know, simply put here, right, but an account manager, right? You have your own book of business with clients that you meet with, right? In what cases do you think you could see from a sales perspective, a salesperson, right, an average average salesperson who's, uh, you know, having a, a conversation here, where do you think they come across that in their day-to-day for, for them? Oh, I think it happens all the time. I think customers and prospects have expectations of us. And if we haven't understood what those expectations are, um, then we're not going to be credible. Mm -hmm. We we might not send them what they need. We might not help them the way they want. We might not have given them the right advice to um, help them with their account. So it can happen very easily. Um, I, I think the things that I have to remember as I'm working with customers and as I'm listening to people is, again, use language that can't be misunderstood. Speak and act consistently. You know, if I say I'm going to do something, do it. Mm-hmm. Um, also provide context. If I had let my daughter know we were going to have company, she would have understood that I needed her room cleaner. Repeat myself. That's the other thing, you know, that you need to do. You need to say it again and again. Um, just to make sure that they remembered, they weren't distracted, they weren't thinking their own thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, so make sure you do that. And then I always want to close the loop. I want to get feedback from my team to make sure that they heard what I intended to say. Yeah. And um, and then follow up. Make sure that you go back and, and make sure there aren't any disconnections anywhere. Yeah. Let's talk about that actually for a quick second here. The idea of, you know, repeating yourself, repeating yourself, following up, right? Mm -hmm. Being deliberate with what you're saying. As a people leader, to talk about that for a quick minute, right? How do you think you... You know, uh, you know, walk walk that fine line between being, you know, deliberate and repeating yourself to making sure people get it, but not doing in such a way that comes across as, you know, dare we say, micromanaging. Right? What are your thoughts there? Yeah, I think it depends on the the person you're working with. Obviously, somebody who's new is going to need a lot more handholding, a lot more repetition, a lot more follow up. Uh, but I have people on my team who've been here for years, and they are excellent at their job and my follow-up with them is a lot less. Um, it's not that I don't talk to them daily, but I'm I'm not going to be bringing up um, specifics for them. I will, you know, ask them how things are going. Is there anything that I can do to help them um, to, to make sure that we're closing the loop? But I'm not going to, I, I don't do the same kind of follow-up with somebody who's who's consistently a good performer mm-hmm. and um, I feel like I have a good relationship with. What I always have to remember though, again, is that the default is to misunderstand. So I wanna make sure that I, I am always doing everything that I can on my part to be as crystal clear as possible. Right, 
right? And I think that's, you know, most people would agree with that, right? With in regards to, you know, if you have someone who gets it, they get it, right? But to the point if someone's new on the team, right, still trying to get an understanding of what the flow looks like and, you know, get a feel for their team, the manager, how they act, and all those different things. And yeah, it's gonna require just a little bit more hand-holding early on just to make sure everyone's on the same page. So yeah, it's always, I'm sure it's always, uh, you know, especially from your point of view as being a leader, right? It's always difficult to kind of toe that line and be be careful not to uh, not to overstep in those regards. But I think that's a, a really key kind of takeaway ultimately is really focusing on being deliberate, but really focusing on making sure people are getting it, right? Because that's gonna be a key key focus point there. And that kind of goes back to actually, you know, there's a, a little research study that came out, and now I'm thinking about it from, uh, I believe it was Cornell a couple of years ago, right, where they focused on uh, students and uh, their teachers, and some of them were actually, you know, uh, negotiators in, in their day to days, right, and these were MBA students, and if I remember correctly, right, the study was focused around. You know, there's a business deal that's going on. The negotiators are talking about, you know, the top five, the top five priorities that they need coming out of this deal, and the students are talking back to the negotiators of, you know, why this deal is so important and all those things. And, you know, yes, the students can certainly talk about why the deal is important, but it's important. The, you know, the opposite. It's also important where that they're listening right to those negotiators. And if you can believe it, right, the study actually came back that when they were asked to identify and jot down the top five most important things to the negotiators, about 30% of them, less than 30% of them, I think, actually could actually do it, right? So it was a matter of, again, speaking clearly and speaking coherently from the negotiator's point of view, but also then, you know, actively listening from those uh, those students there. and. I think that has a lot of, uh, you know, that's an educational perspective, right? But if you think about in the business world, right, from a sales point of view, I mean, from my point of view, it's a matter of, again, did I did I listen to what the client was asking me when they were asking for a proposal for, you know, X number of people to go through some training and instead I sent it for, you know, Y number of people or something like that. And I think, you know, it goes back to really paying attention to those things and really making sure that you're understanding what people are asking. And if you're not, same with any new hires, it's important that they speak up and they talk about, hey, I I think I understood this, but again, talking about repeating and following up, did I actually get it? Let me, you know, say it back to you to make sure that we're on the same page. So I think there's, you know, two points of views. There's always people understand, uh, you know, we want people to understand us, but do we always understand them as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think those are kind of key focuses there ultimately there. So, so let's ask this kind of question in terms of, you know, what are people getting out of this, right? We always talk about making sure that there's some takeaways, things that people can utilize in their day to day, right? So again, two points of views from you, right? One being a team leader, a people manager, and also being a sales point of view. From from that people leader's point of view, what would you say are kind of like the the main takeaways you would get out of this? Well, I think when I'm thinking about the illusion of transparency, a couple of things come to mind. It really goes back to how our brains encode and decodes the messages, right? So we want to make sure that even though I'm putting out the message that I thought of, are my words clearly depicting my thoughts? If they're not, then there's going to be misinterpretation. And again, it is the default. (laughs) It is not the exception to the rule. So walking into each conversation, understanding that most of the time people are misunderstanding me in some regard, in something, and it's my job to make sure that I've actively tried to close that bridge. Mm -hmm. Um, Looping them back into the, you know, having them provide some feedback to me 
making sure I follow up if it's if it's a situation that warrants follow up and um, just making sure that I'm speaking clearly because I don't want to lose credibility with people. That's really important for me. Yeah. You know what phrase comes to mind when we think about this is uh, uh, say what you mean and mean what you say kind of thing. Always yeah. kind of like the you know average average use of that in, in everyday common sense. So that's the um, so that's your you know team lead, people leader, people manager point of view. From a sales point of view, being an account manager again, mm-hmm. how do you think this would be resonating for those that have to deal with again clients or prospective clients in those regards? There. Well, I also think that again we need to lay out things very clearly for people. So a, a new account that's coming into Rapid Learning that has all these expectations. I need to help manage that. I have to do baby steps. I have to give them enough information along the way um, so that they continue to see progress, but not too much because I've been doing this for 20 years and I know a lot of information out there and it comes naturally to me at this point, um, which wouldn't be natural for somebody who's just starting out. So I have to take that into consideration as well. Yeah, there's always different points of view, different perspectives. I think you brought up a great one, which is, you know, again, you've been doing it for 20 years, right? You know what the steps look like for a program for any kind of project to be successful, and the other side doesn't. And not not say like they don't have experience, right? But when it comes to this specifically, right, right, you're the you're the subject matter expert. So it's you know taking it slow, making sure that they can get in, do it in such a way that's digestible, right? Everyone has their own day to days that they need to be doing. Some fires pop up right? Clients are going to be busy. And that's, you know, it's important to understand that, but then still, you know, hold people to what they're uh, being asked to do there. But um, yeah, great points, great points, ultimately, to here today. <laughs> awesome. Well, um, you know, thanks, Jackie, really appreciate you hopping on here and, you know, having a, you know, sharing your wisdom, your 20 years of experience and wisdom with us here. Uh, a lot of great info, really appreciate the insights there. So, Uh, If you want to take a deeper dive into content like this, you can find us online at btsrapidlearning.com or at uh, btsrapidlearning on LinkedIn. We're looking forward to seeing you all at the next one with the next topic. Thanks again. Bye for now.